Hi, and welcome to The Thriving Entrepreneur. She's Rochelle Learling. He's David Foster. Have you ever walked into a room that has two people in it and you just get the feeling like, oh, something's going on here? <laughs> or have you ever gotten a piece of mail and sort of assumed what it was and didn't really want to see it and you left it unopened for some period of time? That's really what we're talking about today. Look, entrepreneurs and founders, all they do is make decisions. Yes, sometimes they make things, sometimes they code, sometimes they build, sometimes they create. But really and truly, when you make the transition to running a company, you have to make decisions. And what is the best way to make that decision? What are the things that you consider? One side is, well, there's the hard data. Maybe that was what was in the envelope. And then there's your intuition which is what you experienced when you walked into the room. That's the thing we want to uncover today. Yeah, super interesting topic. And thanks for that cool introduction, by the way. I think that both have a place in business, actually, and I think we'll be unpacking that topic more and more. Yeah, on the one hand, I would say definitely both are really important. And on the other, there's just so much risk if we lean towards one of those too much. But I guess we can say we're all human and that makes us want to maybe choose intuition or take our opinion as the go-to. So I'm really um, interested in unpacking this with you today. Well, I can already tell that you and I are not going to have the same perspective on some of this because I would have said, <laughs> and I probably will say, if you lean too heavily in one direction or the other, you end up in trouble and not just one direction like you said. Mm, I, and, I meant that actually, yeah. but yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. The assumption that we're all human, fair enough. But with the rise of AI, we have to be very careful about that, mm -hmm. which I'm sure we'll talk about in another episode. Definitely. But let's talk about one side only, the hard data side. I can only make decisions based on the facts in front of me. I think that often takes the form of, I don't know, say hiring. This person checks all these boxes on the resume. And so then therefore it is a good decision to hire them. Or this is the average price that is in this vertical. So we are gonna charge that price or 5% below. Or you need to spend 40 hours a week at your desk to fulfill the requirements of this job. Or 20% of employees don't like that. We can deal with that, right? And I think we tend to lean too much on just the data in those decisions. Yeah. On the one hand, data is measurable, and that's obviously where it all comes from. Mm -hmm. But if we lean too heavily on it, then I guess we're becoming more attached to those metrics. Whereas in real life, you could say there's always a context to those metrics, to those data points. And if we just take out that context, then the data points are going to be too yeah, relied on to like, if this, then that. And it might not fit into the context of what we're talking about. It could be non-practical. It might not be, it could be based on the past, but not be useful or in the present right now. And I guess that's where it can go wrong if you rely too heavily on data only. Context is really important because, well, for those people who are old enough to remember the ad campaign in the States, four out of five dentists recommend, I actually don't remember what they recommended, but who were those four dentists? Who was the one dentist that didn't recommend? And how was the question placed? Did you ask enough? And that kind of is also related to the quality of the data. If the quality of the data is suspect or you don't do enough inquiry into that, you're relying on quote unquote hard facts that maybe are not that 
hard, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And if you only rely on hard facts, another thing is, well, what happens to thinking holistically and creativity? It's not easily accessible if you have to be able to prove your decision in in a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, apart from context and, and all that, there's always unique situations that will be addressed differently in the sense mm-hmm. that, yes, it might have worked uh, for this situation and it was similar, but now there's a unique element that comes in. And uh, as you said, like if 20% of our employees think this or that or think this should change, it doesn't mean that it will actually help if we do change it, things like that. So there is a, a risk in not having that nuance of context of what's really happening, what people are feeling about it. The unique situation part, I had a discussion with somebody a couple of weeks ago where the person on the other end of the discussion was saying, it's not like this is a unique situation. And while he may have been right, making that assumption and then almost like pulling hard data out of that or thinking that you're pulling hard data out of that is quite dangerous because in a lot of ways, Show me a situation that's not unique. (laughs) There may be similarities and there may be data that can help guide or even limit the way you make decisions. But especially for founders and entrepreneurs, if you think that your situation is the same as everybody else, even within that vertical and even in that company size, I don't think that's a very strong assumption. Right. So that's also an assumption, not based on data. So about this part of like being too data driven, let's say, or only heavily relying on that, I sometimes feel and know that some entrepreneurs feel that data is more more evidence or it's better or it's stronger than, let's say, intuition or context or what people say about something because it feels right. It feels right to hang on to numbers because somehow it's more tangible. It's like, look, we got the numbers. And yes, obviously it has its place. I would not say uh, replace data for intuition, but it's so easy to kind of like fall back on it and kind of use it as an excuse not to move forward with like a human context, let's say. And an excuse, that's really interesting. An excuse for what do you think? to make a certain decision that is data-wise logical, but in context and practicality doesn't make sense that much. So it's almost justified or defended by data where a more holistic view would say, at least I've got some serious questions about it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that makes sense because there are times where somebody comes with, let's call it data, where they've done interviews or pre-formation exploration and look 90% of the people say they would buy but that isn't like that 90% is suspect because did you talk to the right people is there confirmation bias involved did you talk to people who had the ability and willingness to say no and then we get almost to the next part and that's the gut feeling And so I think one of the critical aspects about data is that it's not all the same. And yes, you can't pay your lease or your employees with good feelings. The numbers have to work out so that you have as much money as you need to do that. And that is really hard data. But just because the number that's in your bank account looks very much like the number next to it on the spreadsheet that says 90% of the customers will buy, those two things aren't equal. Mm -hmm. It's a founder's job to assess the thing that's behind that data and how good is that. And when you think about it, Warren and Charlie from Berkshire Hathaway, 
that's kind of their whole job is that they look at quote unquote hard data in annual reports and then they make all these notes on the margins to say, well, that's really, you know, that really doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That really isn't that way. Or the law behind this reporting says that they don't have to have this kind of backing or documentation. So I think that that's a little bit suspect. That's the real work, I think, in working with data to make your decisions. Yeah. So if I were to, to put that into my words, what you're saying is, yes, data has its place and it's based on something, right? It, it's based on past numbers or numbers that we have to compare to each other. But the numbers are only part of the story. They're maybe 70, 80% of the story. And there's some context that would give the numbers a different view. And also, what are these numbers based on? Are they legitimate mm -hmm. or are they based on somebody's preference to, and, and how to show it, like the data visualization, let's say. And I guess that's where we can kind of come to the conclusion that data only doesn't work in business, but definitely has its place. So it's rather like, can we put like a grain of salt to that way of looking at it? Can we look at it from, okay, good to have these numbers, but what if we put this into context? What if it's, you know, like good to have this starting point, but what does it actually say about the future and what decisions to make? We cannot take out the human part. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because in some ways, what you're saying is 100% of the people polled said that you were good looking. And then when you take apart the poll, how many people did you ask? One. Yeah. Who did you ask? Well, I asked my mother. Right. Okay. Yeah. How valuable is that? Right. The other part of examining the data in order to find out how solid it is and how material it is to your decision is to compare the pieces of data. Right. So if we take our made up example of 90% of the people polled said that they would buy this product if we built it. And then after some measure of time, no one has bought it. Well, now you've got two pieces of data to compare. Mm -hmm. And how can you figure out the difference between those two things? Mm -hmm. Because in some ways, the zero who bought is not a number that's up to interpretation. You can't say, well, zero, it's really kind of like 100. It's not right. So you really have to lean towards like, well, what was it that you were trying to sell? Was that represented in the conversations? Were the conversations that you had clear enough and with the right people? I mean, there's almost unlimited questions to ask yeah. there. And anytime I hear a founder say, I only make decisions based on the hard facts in front of me. Honestly, I see that as a red flag <laughs> because there are very, very few hard facts and making decisions only based on one side of the coin, I think even if you truly trust those hard facts is a very, very chancy operation. Yeah. And just to add, it can definitely be that if you only look at facts and, and make decisions on facts, you're making wrong decisions here. And I guess it's just inevitable, right? Right. And so we might as well just look at the other side of the coin right now. Mm -hmm. The intuition or feeling-based decision-making process. I hired this person because they reminded me of somebody I used to have a crush on or pricing. I just feel like it's worth this or so-and-so works hard enough. It doesn't matter that they've been absent for three days or everybody likes this and hates that. And again, you have to look at those things because these, these feelings or intuitions or things that pop into our brain that don't come from a spreadsheet or something like that, it's just another source of information. Mm -hmm. And 
you have to take that source of information and say, okay, so how does that compare to what has actually happened? If you feel like that's the right price, compare that to how many people are buying. Right. Compare that to how much money you're making. Compare that to what it costs to buy from somebody else. It's really just the same process, just almost like on the other side of the world, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the other way around. But what you're saying is like inject the data into that intuitive decision or feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the end, like what I said in the beginning, we are human. And thus, I guess if we don't look too closely to numbers, we're making decisions based on intuition. I like this person, as you say, like, I think we should hire her because she reminds me of ABC, or it feels right to go in this direction. That's not grounded in much, but personal preference or subjectivity, or maybe just like, I feel like this today. I think we should just keep that in mind when making decisions that if that is where we come from, then somebody in the room should ask, okay, can you give me data to back that up? I think then we're on the right track because yeah, it can be that the intuitive choice is the right choice. It just has to be, I guess, like double checked. Yeah, double checked isn't a bad way to put it, but it's almost like each side of the coin has to be double checked with the other side, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And I can almost predict some listeners going all the way to the extremes. Rick Rubin only does things on feel and he's really successful. And I can't think of an investor right off the top of my head that, that has this kind of reputation, but this person only invests on this type of data and that's how they make the decision. But those are the anomalies. Mm -hmm. And to make a successful decision, you need to consider both sides of the coin and almost like check them with each other. Now, sometimes if you've got data and intuition and they're largely balanced, maybe there's one piece that tips it over to the side of a decision. Mm -hmm. That's a great time to employ the make small decisions quickly and make corrections even quicker. But if you're walking into a room with the big sales presentation or to deliver the proposal or whatever that is, and you walk in and it, the room just feels like acid and tension and there's something wrong, not taking that into account is something that really affects how you're going to move forward. Mm -hmm. And I'm not arguing that you, if you walk in and it seems like two people are fighting, that you cancel the meeting and just walk out. You just have to consider it. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, you're missing a valuable piece of information. Mm -hmm. Because in the end, even if we were to make, let's say, data-based only decisions, then still we're working with people who have feelings and intuition yes. and just preferences. So yeah, we can definitely do that. But in the end, yeah, if it turns out that the data says that these two should be working together or we should go in this direction, we can still have friction within a team. We can still have people pleasing going on or taking somebody above the other. And that, that happens even if we base decisions on data. So I guess, as you said, like double checking both sides of the coin makes sense to validate and to confirm basically what we feel or what we see in the data. And I guess just like, as you said, the data itself, like it's just a shallow number without understanding what's behind it, how we got to that point, what's the measurement of this to get to that result. And if we understand that and we constantly infuse that process, I guess then we are making some really holistic decisions that are at least healthy and tested. Mm -hmm. And to sort of pile on to that, a conversation I've had a number of times involves, let's say, maybe it's not a varsity move, but it's a junior varsity move about how people make decisions. So if, Rochelle, you 
consistently demonstrate and say that you make all your decisions based on data, you have just given me the bat or the leverage to manipulate you. Because all I need to do is make some sort of convincing display of data, and that's going to overly influence your decision. Mm -hmm. And vice versa. If you say, I go by the seat of my pants, never look at my checking account balance, never open any envelopes, I just, however it feels, well, then I know what to do there. Right. And to be fair, an awful lot of running a business is manipulation and negotiation for good. Mm -hmm. Why would you give that up? Yeah. Yeah, well said. It's too easy to um, to say and then be cool about this and say, like, yeah, I only make decisions based on data. Okay, good for you. But is it bringing you in the right direction? Like, is it helping you and your business? How is the, the work dynamic? How is the team doing? And again, like, we can make decisions on data, but there's a human factor involved. We cannot get rid of that. So you're right about that influence that if that's how we like to be addressed, we will be addressed that way. And we'll be looking for it, let's say whenever it's not there. Yes, 100% looking for it. And then you're looking for something that's missing and then you'll make up something to make it data. Yes, confirmation bias. Mm -hmm. And again, if you're a leader, if you are in management of the business that you started, people tend to be, you know, maybe a little bit more data-centric or a little bit more touchy-feely in general. And you are talking to somebody and they say, ah, this just feels like it's not working, this person's not happy, and it's all intuition and feeling based, that's a great time to sort of say, okay, well, what do the data say? Right. How did the, you know, like, okay, you feel like it was a failure. How did that, you know, how did that profit or cost compare to the other times that we tried it? Whatever the question is. And not only does that help you figure out, at least to the best of your ability, what's going on, but it helps model that behavior in your business. Look at both pieces, right? And if we talk about both pieces working together, you know, I think that the two questions for me that I sort of ask myself in a way is, can I have intuition about data? Hmm. And can I almost like quantify or turn my feelings into numbers. Yeah. And that brings those two sides of the coin closer together. And I think it makes your eventual decision, even if it's a small decision, makes it better informed, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It backs it up. Like it backs up a feeling that you have. And to uh, on a different note, because you just said intuition, touchy feely. Mm -hmm. Intuition has a bad name in business. Generally speaking, it's like, oh, you think that's right and it feels good. Oh, yeah, it feels good to quit or it feels good to, to go in this direction. And it comes across a bit soft, a bit like shady almost. I think that's also not correct. I mean, it's definitely based on something. I mean, obviously, it's not always right to just focus on intuition and go for that. But there is a logic to it. There's a reason why we feel that tension in the air when you walk into a room where there's people in friction that are about to have an argument or are having one. There's a logic to that humanly. So we should definitely use that in business. And it doesn't have to be woo-woo or anything. It's just rather, can we use our feelings to understand where to go in business? And can we indeed back that up with data if that makes any sense? It makes a tremendous amount of sense. And like a lot of things, it can be used for good or evil, right? So I have worked with somebody who I really respect, and we were talking about a hire, and I said, you know, what about this person? And he said, well, 100% ticks every box. Couldn't be a better candidate, all right? Are you going to hire him? Absolutely not. Mm. Why not? Because I don't trust him. Mm -hmm. 
And in some ways, like if the value of his mistrust is higher than the value of the candidate's experience or education or whatever, well, he's made a good decision, Mm -hmm. right? And it's almost like each side of the coin has significant influence or almost veto power over the other, right? So I'd like to pay you $100,000 a day to work on this. Let me check the spreadsheet and see if that's a possibility, (laughs) right? And those two things those two things have to work together. And that's almost like, I think, and I've said this before to people, like that's your mission to go back to the start. You're making decisions and your mission is to determine how all this different, let's call it information, whether it comes from intuition or feeling or whether it comes from a number, your mission is to figure out how all that stuff works together and to not justify a weak decision with one or the other. Yeah, I think that's a really good point to end on, maybe. Either way, whether you prefer data or intuition, it should not end up being like a wrongly made decision because you felt that it was a better way, a way to push it through. That's using either one for, for bad, for preference. And I guess we should be aware of the fact that data is not 100% bulletproof or waterproof, I actually have to say. And intuition also has a logical substance. So I guess we should be aware of the fact that whatever we're doing, we're taking both into account and we're injecting mm-hmm. the one into the other when we're making a decision. So there's a weakness to only looking at one side of the coin. Mm-hmm. The ability to consider both things I mean, really, we're talking about judgment, Yeah. but it's a practice judgment. It's an effort. It's almost a mechanical effort that if you're more emotional or more data-driven, it's a mechanical effort to consider the things that you don't usually consider and make sure you're doing what you're doing for the right reason. Yeah. And don't rush the decision-making. Right. Well, I guess I'll wrap up by saying I feel like this was a good discussion. <laughs> I have the data to back it up. There's so many people listening right now. (laughs) There you go. We appreciate you listening and we will talk to you in two weeks. Thank you for listening. If you're an accomplished founder in a leadership position and want experience, guidance and support, contact David on davidafoster.com. And if you're an entrepreneur with a team who wants to be more in control of your business and your life and want to explore coaching, contact Rochelle on growtribute.com. You can find links to contact us in the show notes of every episode. We appreciate your listening.